Hello and welcome to Cars Unfiltered Podcast Season 2, Episode 7. Today we have a full house, literally, we're in a house all together. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't happen often. It doesn't, no. Yeah. Um, and today we have Brooke, uh, I'm going to make sure I pronounce your last name correctly. Um, it's Banham. Banham, yes. Banham. 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 Cool. Banham. <laughs> um, and we have Mike. Yep. And we have Adam. Of course. And myself. And, uh, yeah. So today we're going to do a little bit of news, and then we're going to talk to you about cool projects that you've been working on. Cool. And, uh, yeah. So... I don't know. I didn't do the news research this time. I, I did <laughs> so, so Mike did the news research, yeah. Um, yeah, the first thing that we have going on is something about the Chevy Bolt, which is interesting. Um, so th- there's some... Is it electrifying? <laughs> it's not electrifying. It's not <laughs> electrifying. But it is electrified. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, so there's some changes that have been going on in uh, legislation and whatnot. As far as uh, whether or not the vehicle, ta- the electric vehicle tax credit is going to be con- continued, right. right? And just the talk of that it might be discontinued has slowed orders for the Tesla Model Three and actually increased orders for the Chevy Bolt. Why? Because the Chevy Bolt's currently in production and the Model Three is not yet. It is, but the, the production is so slow. Oh, right. People want to make sure they can get their car delivered. Because it's not. Because the tax credit's only good if you're paying for the car and actually taking delivery of it, right? <laughs> yep, so, so it's not retro, right? Yes, it's not exactly. because they're doing reservations, right? Exactly. Do you have numbers on how many bolts are being made? Um, I do not. Right. Okay. They did say that one of the Chevy dealers uh, over in the San Francisco area sold 15 bolts just last weekend. Oh, wow. So, I mean, obviously that's just one dealer in one area, but... Here we go. Uh, GM sold 23,297 bolts in 2017. Wow. With monthly sales mostly rising. This is all from Automotive News, in case anybody's wondering. Sure. Um, what about 42 days in inventory? Yeah, that's actually not bad. Yeah. Most of the industry runs about 90 days in inventory, so mm-hmm. have 42 days in inventory for a Chevy Bolt is uh, it's kind of impressive. So it's interesting that we're talking about this since we're not really... I mean, I... We yeah, are not, me and we Adam are kind of centric podcast at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, on the contrary, I'm I'm thinking that it's kind of sad for the Tesla three, the Model three. You know, I mean, you know, it's quite a major legislation which could seriously damage the three. Yeah. Um, and it's such a wonderful car. I've been watching reviews. That thing looks freaking amazing. There is still the state, the potential for state re- um, rebates. So yeah, you you may want to do a little bit more for state rebates. There's actually I can't remember what the combination was, but like the federal one was seventy five hundred, and there was a state maybe California, and it was like you ended up with almost twelve and a half thousand dollars worth of like credit. Wow, no yeah, kidding. Which was pretty cool. So damn, that's nearly half the price of the bottom of the range one. Yeah, yeah. So that and that might be why they're I don't know. I just totally speculation, I guess, yeah. right? But that might be why they're like, oh, there's a thirty, a couple, two, three, thirty thousand dollar electric vehicles. Mm-hmm. Maybe we need to get rid of some of these rebates. Well, but interestingly, so this this speaks to uh, consumers' preferences for the Bolt over maybe some of the other alternatives. But the Nissan Leaf, which is generally considered to be the uh, highest selling electric vehicle currently, they have an inventory of 202 days currently, mm. whereas the Chevy Bolt is 42. So yeah. just to put that into perspective a little bit, uh, consumers are definitely opting for the, the bolt <laughs> over the leaf, right? So it's it's not just a, a shy away from Tesla, but people are actually moving into GM's space with electric vehicles. So it may be a higher quality vehicle than when we give, give it credit. No, the bolt and the uh, the bolt are actually very luxurious inside. <laughs> um, and the leaf is actually kind of Spartan in comparison. <laughs> well, it is an Nissan. Nissan makes some nice infinities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 I prefer the styling of the Volt. Yeah, it's more edgy and not so uh, like lumpy. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It, it, the bolt doesn't uh, it doesn't do it for me. As and as styling goes. In my opinion, it's a no. hatch. Mike, Mike. Okay, so Mike doesn't like hatches. I don't mind hatches. No, you, you don't like <laughs> unless they're long and considered wagons. Right. And yeah, like I do like how the bolt and the bolt are actually more hatch style. And then mm-hmm. I don't know if they're technically hatches, but they kind of have that look a little bit more. Um, but yeah, the leaf looks just kind of like lumpy. Yeah. 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 That's true. That's true. And Spartan, and it's only like if you think about it, if it's ten grand difference in price, 
it'd be worth the ten grand to get like all the nice comfort leather comfy seats <laughs> and stuff versus um, versus not and more range. The Bolt has more range than the Leaf, so mm, yeah, range anxiety is real. So speaking of electric vehicles, also in the news is Dyson has upped their plans for electric vehicles. Now, we talked about this before. Oh, yeah, I just read that yesterday. We talked about this a few months ago, actually. Um, But it's interesting because we all thought that it was only going to be one vehicle. Ooh, yes. And Dyson's actually planning to build three electric vehicles. Yeah. Which is very ambitious. Yeah. Um, And also remains to be seen if it can be done. Mm -hmm. Because I think they're only throwing uh, $2.8 billion at this project currently, is what they've Mm -hmm. said they've Mm -hmm. gotten allocated towards it. And as we all know, Tesla is burning through the $2.8 billion in a quarter at this point, mm-hmm. I think. I think um, it's like $500 million a quarter. Maybe. I don't yeah, know. They're, they're burning a lot of money. Yeah, a well, year after um, year. So for, for Dyson to consider that they can design, develop, and produce three electric vehicles on $2.8 billion is very ambitious. Um, and I'm curious to see what happens with it, to, to see how Maybe. Do you remember Back to the Future when the DeLorean like used trash? To power itself, mm-hmm. oh, maybe Dyson is like vacuum it and converts it to power on the fly. Wow. That might be their plan. So look out, gas fuel stations, electric stations. Yeah, you're not, you're, they're gonna be empty dumpsters. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if they come with um, uh, self-built-in vacuum cleaners and, and hand hand um, dryers. Yeah, and, and they might even yeah. with that that uh, beautiful fan system they have. I really like to see how they change the air filter. Well, oh, I guess they wouldn't have an air filter. Oh, no, they don't do air filters. Yeah, they, well, okay, well yeah. electric, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like to cool it. It depends if there's liquid-cooled or air-cooled systems for electric filters. Well, well, no, Dyson, True. Dyson is banking on the solid-state battery for their car. Yeah, yeah. So everybody. That, so that may be a big driver because they're alone of the people who have announced electric vehicle plans. Yeah. They're the only one that has said, hey, we're putting a lot of money <laughs> towards solid-state battery development. And it's outside of like a supplier of batteries because currently, if you looked at Ford or GM or, or uh, not Chrysler because they don't care, but if you, <laughs> if you look at anybody that's considering battery electric vehicles, they're leaving the battery development to the battery guys, mm-hmm. you know, the yep. guys they buy the batteries from. So they're like, hey, we're going to use lithium-ion batteries until you guys come up with something better mm-hmm. and then we'll change. Um, whereas Dyson's taking a, a much more proactive approach to say, hey, we're going to develop a solid-state technology for the vehicles we're going to produce, mm-hmm. which is, that's news, right? That's, that's a big deal. I do like how Dyson appears to be taking a more technology-based approach, where there's like other car companies like Faraday and Beton and stuff like that are taking like a lifestyle changing, like mm-hmm. we're going to do this mm-hmm. so it changes people's lifestyle, and Dyson's mm-hmm. like, no, we want design technology. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's always been their focus, isn't it? Yeah. But the funny thing about Dyson is their their vacuum cleaners, in my opinion, are so weird looking. Yeah. It'll be so interesting to see the styling of this car. Actually, yeah. 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 That's from a design perspective. Yeah. yeah. You definitely have that outlook more so than we do. That's why I was thinking like the air filter could be really interesting to change. You know what I mean? But do they need an air filter in a car? Well, maybe like, like a, a cabin filter. Yeah, filter? right. Like right, the HEPA yeah, thing yeah. in uh, or the anti-zombie chemical warfare thing in the Tesla, right? Right. Like Tesla right. or. Uh, Dyson could knock that out of the park. Yeah, true, yeah. true. And it's but just like a one push button to change the filter. So the final piece of news that I had, okay. since this is uh, since everything comes in threes because three is a nice solid rounded number, you know. Um, the you, com- you and I are one person today. That way we have three. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Commerce Department is recommending import tariffs on aluminum and steel. Yes, I've heard Which yeah. is big news for automakers who use a lot of aluminum, yeah. quote unquote, fork. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, well, I guess asterisks on both ends, bold, big bold italic letters, fork. Um, <laughs> because they. Well, steel too, so everybody else. Right, well, and everybody uses aluminum body panels, right? Yeah. So it's not like anybody's immune mm-hmm. to aluminum mm-hmm. or steel. Uh, increases, but what's interesting is, or what I find interesting, I guess, is that Ford sells the most volume of any aluminum body vehicle because F one fifty or F series, let's call it the whole series, is a just a massive number of vehicles, right? That mm-hmm. you sell per year, yep. and so they're definitely going to be the most susceptible <laughs> to any import tariffs that come in. And I doubt they're going to be reciprocal tariffs where if you build something here and then you ship it to our country, you get a reduced tariff. Right. And even if you did, it's an F-150. We don't ship those anywhere. Mm-hmm. They all get sold here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So, well, where, where do they source their aluminum? Or do you know? I, I don't know. Well, most I do know that most of our aluminum comes from Alcoa, mm -hmm. um, but I don't know where world. Alcoa gets their their supply from, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know if this is a tariff on raw materials or mm -hmm. if this is actually a tariff on the finished product, uh -huh. because Alcoa is a, a North America, U.S. based company. Mm -hmm. um, but if it's a tariff on their supplies, then they're kind of at the whim of the raw material source. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, it would be like that, though, wouldn't it? They they import raw material right. into North America and they manufacture it, whatever. So I don't know either. Yeah. But um, and like U.S. Steel is classically a U.S. company, but I also don't know where they source their iron ore from anymore, right? Yeah. And they may be buying recycled steel from Japan, right? And then or China, and then re uh, remanufacturing it here yeah. to get the alloys that they're looking mm -hmm. for. But the, the raw material, the ingots, may be coming from overseas, which may be what the tariffs on. I, well, I, agree. I don't know the, the details on it, unfortunately. That's going to have a major... I mean, the, the F-Series is like the bread and butter for Ford, just about, isn't it? And, oh, here's, and it, here's, the, uh, here's what we got from uh, the following alternatives from president to, for the president to consider. Is at least a 53% tariff on steel imports from Brazil, China, Costa Rica, Egypt, India, Malaysia, Korea, Russia, South Africa, Thailand, Turkey, and Vietnam. Wow. With a quota byproduct on steel imports from all other countries equal to 100% of their 2017 exports to the U.S. So this is a huge. This isn't a little increase. This is huge. Mm, that sounded. Yeah. Sounded this too is, extreme somehow. This is huge. Yeah. Uh, Did the 53%? Yeah, and how does the 100% thing break down? I don't understand. Yeah. So, yeah, so, um, I'd have to, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I need to read more into the details before yeah. I could break that into it. Um, but it's, in, from just reading that and reading a little bit more in the blurbs down here, it seems like it is on finished metal products, not on, on uh -huh. metal material. Uh -huh. So we may see, and it may be a drive for increased... Uh, production in the states mm -hmm. from raw materials. So what it means is F-150 body panels are going to be like... Yeah, about <laughs> that. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, no. They already yeah. got trouble with their dented um, yeah. beds and stuff last oh. year, a couple years ago. Now when you grab the door handle or something, yeah, it's going <laughs> to... It's like a tin... Hopefully it doesn't turn into a tin can. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Aluminum can, like a pop can. I, mean, I don't go. know anybody that has... Uh, personally, I don't know anyone that has an aluminum F-150 currently that's had to have any body work on. Right, so yeah. I'd be curious to see. It'd be uh, cool, interesting to talk to somebody. I, I mean, I would imagine the only thing you can do really is buy a new panel. No, I mean, you could. I'm so coming from an aviation background, right? I, oh, yeah. I have extensive experience with aluminum. Mm -hmm. um, and there's, you can't fix it. Yeah. But. I mean, you could cut it out and weld it in and do stuff like that. Yeah, but at that point, you're you're better off just to replace the body panel. Right. Um, Especially at the, at the amount of body panels that are produced and how cheap they can be produced. Well, maybe not now, but. Or in the future, but... Well, it's going to shift the whole um, repair, body repair um, situation yeah. from steel into aluminum. they got to get the, um, the welders and all that stuff. And that was, that was the biggest concern, I know, uh, when they first introduced the F-150 with aluminum body panels in 2015, is you have to train body shops mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. to be able to fix aluminum, which isn't a small learning curve, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah, I don't know. I'd be curious to find out what a, a real-world... Let's go dent Sal's truck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, in the long run, it's good, though. In the long run, you know, if people can pick, fix not only metal, um, steel, but also aluminum stuff, somehow it's, it's a step in the right direction. And, right. yeah, I understand it is a shift, but we always got to learn. You got to learn computers back in the 80s and yep. now, so... Yeah, maybe, I, I, I don't know. If it, I don't know if it's possible to source those, like, the material here to make aluminum and stuff, but if that is feasible, then that mm -hmm. could bring, you know, like... If we get more efficient, it's just like oil and stuff, right? Like we're actually the United States has gotten really good at producing oil in it's not true. very much time. Yeah. So yeah, it did not take long, but, but it's yeah. only supported at certain prices. But we won't yeah, get into yeah. that conversation. So, yeah. <laughs> we can well, talk about more boring stuff all the time. Let's, so. let's, <laughs> let's move into our our feature here and why yeah. we have Brooke today. Yes. Um, let's get into that a little bit. So, Brooke, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how you got into working with cars and the, the automotive industry? Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, uh, thanks for having me over, guys. It's uh, this is thanks fun and um, it's, this is really enlightening. Thanks for bringing beer. Oh yeah, yeah, of course, man. Of course. I mean, Saturday on one o'clock. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> like, afternoon. So exactly, that's the only, exactly. that's the only guy to call about. Um, well, my dad was always into cars. Um, when I was 
I was born in uh, in Texas, and my dad was working in Pontiac at the time, and so he was like, you know, big in cars. He's always been in cars all his life, so he'd always bring home. God, I remember, and okay, I'm showing my age here, but he'd bring home Trans Ams and stuff. Okay. I have to say some dates here because these are important. But like <laughs> 79 Trans Ams, 78 yep. Trans Ams, early 80s Trans Ams, you know, smoking well, the bad ones. ones. Yeah. yeah, so he'd bring those home, and I was so happy when he brought those things home. Since he was working kind of high up in, in, uh, in Pontiac, he got the company cars. Normally, he's like, I would never drive one of these cars, but he was always driving the Grand Prix and stuff, is yeah. that it? And the Bonnevilles and things, and those big... Grand so Grand, Those type of cars. But then um, he would sometimes bring in those Trans Ams for my birthday in oh, cool, Firebirds, yeah. and so I was so happy. So anyway, and we had a Jaguar XK120 in the garage that he tinkered on and stuff. So grew up with cars all my life, and... Um, so that's where the car interest comes from. I mean, that's a car interest, but I'm also a designer, and so the design side comes from my mom because she's an artist. She used to like paint, an amateur painter and um, collage maker and stuff. So those two things created what I am now: um, designer and car lover. So that's that's the core of it. Um, so yeah, um, getting into car design specifically, it's. And I'm referring to my parents here a lot. I'm not a mommy's boy or daddy's boy or anything like that. But <laughs> we are. Um, hard. We are. We have to at some certain levels. Um, so anyway, born in Texas. Dad worked in Texas and all this, and we, yeah, grew up in Texas. But then we moved to England when I was like 12 years old because my dad is British. Okay. okay that, that explains the accent because yeah, I always wondered yeah. about your accent. My, my dad's British. And that's K120. That's K120 and all this stuff. So um, we moved to England when I was 12, and then so I went to school, you know, um, at that period in England. And so anyway, there I was at school, and um, I didn't want to do all the, the, the normal, I didn't want to do as a career thing, I didn't want to do math or science or anything like that because in England, they make you specialize early. Oh, cool. It's weird. It's different from in America. You start specializing at like age 13, 12, 13, 14 years old. It's weird. You choose these five subjects, mm -hmm. science related or art related or math related, whatever. So I chose the art world and because I didn't want to have to stress my brain too much in science and, and math. So I went down art and design and I thought, okay, I'll be a graphic designer. And then, so there I was, I was at school, you know, studying these things. And then my mom was reading the newspaper. And in there was an advertisement for Jaguar, and, uh, and Jaguar were looking for car designers. And so she's like, what? She never really occurred to us that there's a car design job. Mm -hmm. So she phoned up Jaguar and said, how do you get a car design job? She was asking about, for me, basically. And um, Jaguar says, well, what you have to do is you have to develop a portfolio at a younger age and then go to the right schools, uh, get accepted into those schools, and then that will lead you into a car design job, as long as you're kind of good enough to get through the school, college, and then you get hired. Mm -hmm. So she, I came home from school, and then she told me about this, and I was like, wow. Because, as I say, I was always into cars as a young, at a young age, and I was drawing cars. I'd always been drawing because, I don't know, on the kitchen table, drawing cars. Those Trans Ams, oh, yeah. Smokey yep. and the Bandit stuff, um, yeah, uh, uh, the, the, the yep. police cars with the sirens, those American ones and stuff. So anyway, so she said, Brooke, did you know that you could become a car designer? So then ever since she told me that, I focused all of my wanting to be a designer and artist into this car world. And I really focused hardcore onto this car stuff and um, got into this car design school in England, Coventry University. Um, and by the way, Coventry is the equivalent of Detroit in England. Okay. Um, okay. Because that you know Austin Rover, um, mm -hmm. uh, I, there's uh, Land Rover, Range Rover, Aston Martins there. Uh, so all these car companies and a lot of them have collapsed, like Austin Rover, Austin, um, and they collapsed. And so it's kind of like very similar to Detroit in the sense that the car industry collapsed there and stuff. So anyway, similarities. Um, went to Coventry University, got into the car design school, graduated, uh, and and got into car design from there. And that's that's how it started. It's funny how. The parents kind of introduce you into this thing, and so. So now, who did you did you work for anybody out of school then for car design? Yeah, well, actually, no. My first job, I was just complete on um, cheap whore. I, I just, <laughs> I, I, I just took the first job that came. It was decent, and it was working for a shoe design a shoe company called Fila Sport. You know, Fila, mm -hmm. yeah, and okay. um, and that was like you got an opportunity to move to Venice and then work there. And so I was like, hell yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. I'll, I'll, that'll be temporary <laughs> yeah. until I get into cars. But I was still drawing cars anyway. I had an ulterior motive, like, okay, I'm going to use this income and stuff to get me into the car design. I'm working for Fila, and so, but I, I ended up doing shoe design for three or four years. But in that meantime, I moved to Munich, where BMW was. I was friends with BMW designers, and I was still drawing cars and did some freelance work for them and stuff. So, um, it just, it just, 
just how the life progresses, you know, start off with shoe design and then move into some cars and then um, got tired of Munich because the snow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then I moved to America um, and um, did product design and then I, I eventually decided to move to Detroit to get deep into the car stuff. And so here we are, um, deep in the car thing. I'm deep into the car thing here now. Cool. Yeah. You know, it was always my dream. I wasn't so interested in European cars when I was living in England. I was more interested in American cars. And so I, at my college, uh, at, at Coventry University, where I was doing my college, everyone was drawing European cars, hatchbacks, small cars, you know, Alfa Romeos and stuff. And I was drawing, like, GMC full-size uh, pickups and stuff and, and using up all the clay and stuff. <laughs> so, uh, so then, because I did have a long-term goal, a medium-term goal of getting back to America. Yeah. So that's how I got into the cars. So, so now that you're back here, um, you've since started up the Middle Cot Sketch Battle Experiment. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. is named after your design firm, yep, yep. if I'm not mm -hmm. mistaken. Right. Um, so how'd that idea show up? Well, okay, so during 2009, I... Uh, I moved to Detroit in 2010 because we had that recession in 2009. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay. So you were new to Detroit about the same time I was new to Detroit. I came here seven years ago, okay. 2010, yeah. Okay. yeah okay. So, um, so this recession, I was working in San Francisco doing all this product design stuff and also video game cars and things. And um, the recession hit, so like it dried up all of the freelance work. I was, a, I was determined to be freelance. I'm not working for the man, I'm working on myself. Mm -hmm. Seriously, I mean, I, so that's always been a philosophy of mine. So there I was freelancing, but then the work dried up, and I thought, I'm going to go to Detroit, where the, the car capital is, and um, study the CCS, College of Creative Studies, just started a new master's program in car design and uh, transport design. So I thought, I don't really need it, but I'm going to go there anyway and wait this thing out for two years. Mm -hmm. So I did it for two years, graduated in 2012, and then so that College of Creative MFA was very focused not only on car design and that kind of thing, but also business. So, I thought that's going to be a great springboard to start my own company here in Detroit and utilize that business knowledge to start my own company. I didn't want to work for anyone, as I mentioned before. And so, I used that business knowledge to start our own company. So, that was 2012. So, we started our own company, Middlecott Design. Middlecott comes from my middle name, by the way. My, my dad's all aristocratic and stuff. You know, we have all this. <laughs> my name's Brooke Middlecott Bannum. I mean, that's like a triple whammy. <laughs> so, wait, so your middle name, I thought that was just because of the, it was aligned with the. Uh, the company, I guess. I don't know. It is. Well, it is only because that's my middle name. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know yeah. the middle name came first. <laughs> yeah, no, middle name came first. So, that's interesting. And so we said, yeah, we'll call it Middle Cut Design. And so um, we started this company, and then so we needed a launch party. And, and we didn't want to be like a boring launch. Oh, by the way, something about that name, Middle Cut Design, we don't want to be named those cheesy names like oh, Creative Studios or Fast Track Design or, you know, all these cliche names. Yeah, sure. We wanted something weird, so that's why we went that. So anyway, we needed to start this company with a bang, and so we thought of a way we could have a party, cocktail party, sure, we'll do a cocktail party, but we need to do something a little bit funkier than just cocktail, so we said, we're gonna do a sketch battle. And so, a sketch battle is, is an established thing in Russia, they've been doing it for years, oh, cool. but not a live sketch battle, they've always been doing it online. Mm -hmm. So, I've been knowing about this, and so I thought, okay, we're gonna take that idea from Russia, we take a lot of things from Russia, don't we? <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, took that idea, did a live version of it in a party environment, and um, and it took off really well. You know, you wouldn't believe it. So we had this thing in our first office in Penobscot Building, and you know the Penobscot Building. Yeah. And then so for, for our listeners who don't know, the Penobscot Building is uh, kind of an iconic building in downtown Detroit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a big tall building. We we're up on like thirtieth floor or whatever. So. Okay, I'd only been in Detroit two years. I didn't know, really, who was who in Detroit. The Illages came in. Really? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. impressive. Yeah, the Illages came in, and I didn't know who they were. And it was actually, I didn't speak to his wife, and I don't know, to be honest, if his wife came, but he came. So, anyway, talked to him, yeah, 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 and um, I didn't know who he was, and so I just treated him like anyone else, but I'd treat anyone like that. And so, um, and then so anyway, I finished talking to him, and he said nice thing going on. And then after he left my, our conversation, people come up and say, "Brooke, that was Illigis. Like, Who the hell's Illigis? Yeah, oh, he's the one that was Caesar idea. Caesar's Pizza and, and the what, Red Wings and stuff. No, yeah, um, Comerica Park. Comerica right? Park. Like Illigis and uh, like, Olympia Entertainment. Right. I was like, so, yeah. I was like, wow, that's cool. So, but it turned out to be a great success. This sketch battle, and it turned out to be like kind of a test. And ever since then. 
we took it, uh, we, we've taken it to like a whole new level. It's just so freaking fun and innovative. Um, I can talk about that stuff. I mean, it's really funky, actually. Yeah, you were at SEMA this year with it. Yeah, we right? were at SEMA this year. Um, uh, we expanded, the previous year, we expanded to Los Angeles Auto Show. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember um, seeing that. That was, uh, we're in 2018 now. That was 2016. We did it at Peterson Automotive Museum. I don't know if you guys know about the, Yeah, yeah, you I do. I've heard of yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we teamed up with the auto, um, that, that museum. We did an amazing sketch battle in there. Okay. And so the LA Auto Show saw that, and they and then they embraced us. They said, next year, guys, be part of the auto show and come into the auto show. So oh, wow. we did it in the auto show. Um, so that was great. So LA's been going two years, and then so springboarding off of that, then we said we're going to do SEMA. Mm -hmm. Do you guys um, know the local company? I'm sure you do. Mop Steel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Mop Steel. Great guys. Yeah. So I've been working with those guys for years, and I said, and they're they're aftermarket people. Well, you know, they're they're custom people, so yeah, right. they they totally fit in with SEMA. Mm -hmm. So um, I said, guys, let's do a sketch battle together. Mop Steel sketch battle. So we'll focus on designing Mop Steel type cars. And um, we teamed up with them, and then we had a mob steel sketch battle during the SEMA, SEMA show. And, uh, you know, it worked out great. So just speaking of mob steel, Tom and I are very interested in it. So Tom used to work at Quicken Loans. Mm -hmm. And uh, at one point, mob steel had a couple of uh, Continentals on in display mm -hmm. in the lobby. Of wow, the did they? Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and the tie-in here is my neighbor actually owns two 1960s Lincoln Continentals. He has a 62 and a 65 Continental. Mm -hmm. The uh, the 62 is uh, um, a hardtop, and then the 65 is a convertible. So yeah, it's just. It's I, 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 I mean, I mean, I'm be interested in that. I mean, if if he needs any work done, <laughs> well, I mean, he might, he might, I know yeah. he needs some work yeah. done. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, well, trust they, me, I looked at the cars. He needs yeah, some work done. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Well, no, they're super guys, and um, they were the ones that kind of started this mob steel. I mean, sorry, this um, continental revolution. You know, mm. I think like uh, ten years ago, nobody was going to be doing continentals. Oh, yeah, like, they are cool. We've been talking about it for they, yeah, a long for time. forever. The suicide door ones, right? So like sixty two, yeah. three, four. Well, those like, even even the later the, the later ones, even eighties, the, the the pimp mobile type yeah. ones. I don't those know, have Mark, gained Mark seven or Mark yeah, five? those have gained re the seventy eights and stuff have gained ridiculous value in the last. I mean, they've doubled, right? Uh, yeah. Wait, really? Yeah, I mean, well, well, like from you know two, three, four thousand to like seven, eight, twenty thousand. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Like I didn't know that. I yeah, thought they were still they, cheap. No, well, I mean they are compared to the sixties ones, but seventies. Well, they're kind 60s of ugly. Ones. I, but they're kind of they're crazy. My my yeah, uh, I mean, father-in-law. Yeah, my father-in-law has one, and it's like the it's like the all loaded one, right? And it even has like a CB radio and stuff in it mm -hmm. from the factory. Does it have the swivel seat? Probably I don't like I don't know. It's a seventy-eight. I don't know if that was a Continental thing or if that was a GM thing. Yeah, I don't know. It's a seventy-eight, but it has everything that was available for a Continental at that time. I like those things. Sure. They're so long and kind yeah. of sexy, but so the overhangs long. are crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. oh yeah, They're nuts. <laughs> I don't know that either of us have a garage that could fit one. <laughs> you know, I've, so I have maxed out my garage yeah. as far as like length goes. It will not fit my truck. Oh um, yeah, yeah. But it will fit, I measured it, it will fit the Torino, but not with mm -hmm. toolboxes in front. So right. it yeah. doesn't work for my garage. Mine, mine would, yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah. Okay, yeah. it's back to Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so now, how many sketch battles have you had? This last one was the sixth? Uh, actually, no, double. We've had, we're really? coming up to like um, 12 or 13 now. Wow. Oh, cool. I know, yeah. it's crazy because we started off doing them twice a year. Mm -hmm. um, one with the Detroit Design Festival and then obviously with the auto show. We always team them up with the auto show. Because that's part of the... I think, I, I think the first one I ever went to mm -hmm. it was teamed up with the design festival. Yeah, right, it was. I, I think, think was maybe you were like... Well, yeah, you were deeply, heavily involved with it. I was like, very involved with the design so, festival. So, so yeah, 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 so I, I think you were there when, at some of the early ones. Um, okay, well, apart from the design festival, we team up... Well, we don't team up, not with uh, North American Auto Show, because it's difficult to team up with them. In fact, we are outside. We are... Definitely not part of the auto show, uh, Detroit Auto Show, you know, because that keeps us underground. Yeah. You know, we could slap on the logo and all this stuff, but you know what? No, we're not going to cheese out. We don't need to do that. No, no, no we're on our own. We're independent completely. That's what Mercedes is saying too. This yeah, I heard they're dropping out or something. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, no, it's funny. Okay, uh, little departure, but Lamborghini mm -hmm. were not inside the auto show this year. They were inside MoCAD. So oh, they is did, that where they were? They did their whole show in MoCAD independently. They were open for like four days, um, and it was not open to the public. But press and all of that stuff. They launched the what's the um, four wheel drive? The 
How the Urus? The Urus, yeah, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. How do we not know about that, Tom? I, it was a little... They didn't make know. it public. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, so yeah. Um, so anyway, we're definitely not part of the auto show. And so... <laughs> it's okay, you stand on your own. Exactly. Tom and I went no. to the sketch battle this year. At yeah, Sanford so that was, Hall, that yeah. was great. Yeah, that was yeah, the first one that I'd been to. That was probably like, my Mike, favorite venue. Mike oh, was, that, was, that was awesome. That Mike was told me about it a couple weeks beforehand. Yeah. You know, I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. Like what? What is that? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird. You have to people explain it, and they don't understand. You know, it's it's like trying to find people who want to partner with us. It just we don't get it until you go, and then when yep. you go, then you understand what it's more what it's about. Yeah, it was awesome. Like once I like went there and saw like what was going on and stuff. I was like, because I'm not in like necessarily in the art world at all. So like a sketch battle. Like what's, yeah. what is that? You yeah. know? And like going there, it was amazing. Like it was it was super fun. And we, we did some live streaming and stuff from there a little bit. Um, oh, I did a blog post and stuff about it, but it was, yeah, that was cool. so people can see like a little bit more into what it was. But it was very fun. Well, when you say sketch battle and what is a sketch battle, the thing about people don't know about the design world is, well, they don't consciously know, is sketching is competitive. Okay, and I yeah. guess it's kind of obvious. Um, whoever has the best looking sketch is going to get his or her thing built. Or, you know, uh, uh, get the best job when you leave college, whoever has the best sketches. So it's passive-aggressive, competitive a little bit. And so you see your, um, your, your peers' sketches and you, you feel like you have to beat them to get a better job than them. You know, stuff like that, or get yeah. your thing produced. So, it's, it's, so we're trying to bring out this competitive nature of sketching um, into kind of a world of sport. I mean, because, okay, if you think about it, universities, they, norm, shall I say normal universities, they have a way of competing through sport. You know, football and all this stuff. But the art colleges have no way to compete actively. Yeah, sure. yeah. So we're trying to make it so the art colleges can have an active competition, uh, a competitive thing. And so sketching is naturally competitive because of the reasons I said. And so we're trying to bring that out into the open. Well, it's impressive. Uh, some of the sketches that, that I saw, anyways, um, they're only given 20 or 30 minutes mm-hmm. to, to complete these sketches. And yeah. it's impressive to yeah. see what they come up with yeah. in that short of time. I mean, from as a, as a spectator, it mm-hmm. seems like a long time because you're kind of sitting around waiting for 20 or 30 minutes. Yeah. But in reality, you find ways to keep yourself busy. But uh, it didn't seem but, that long. But in reality, yeah, it actually did. Like you go and see all the different people. And that's you know, it's, it's over. Like, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. 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 That's just yeah. 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 It sounds like, I guess it sounds like it would be a long time. But when yeah. you're experiencing it, it's not that long a time. Oh, especially if you're, you're physically doing it. And if you're sketching, it. yeah, yeah, it's not and, long no, at no, all. And no. the environment. Like, this is not just, like, quiet, people drawing. Yeah, stuff, no, right? no, There's no, no. DJ slamming yeah, music. Yeah, yeah. People, like, crowded around the people yeah, drawing yeah. and stuff. Camera, you know. Yeah, like, distractions. And uh, yeah. Satori Circus, um, yeah. he's our uh, MC. And yeah, he's like, great. Yeah, yeah. Present, and, you know, going around interviewing the people where they're in the middle of the sketching. So, yeah. they're like, damn it. No, man, leave me alone. <laughs> I'm trying to do this. You I know. did see many headphone sets. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's something I say. You know, you're allowed to... Um, Turn off from the outside um, influences. I had to, if I was that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were discussing that earlier, but anyways. Well, um, so so out of curiosity, what's some of the benefits of uh, I guess student that participates in the sketch battle, mm-hmm. student or, well, or one of the professionals? It's half. It's uh, now it's turned out to be half professional, half student. So okay. that that works out really nice because it's weird. I mean, not weird, but it's fascinating to see students kicking the ass of professionals sometimes. I mean, do you feel like they have like they take more liberties? Like the professionals have kind of at this point they're mm-hmm. they're in their professional mm-hmm. career, mm-hmm. Um, and so it's kind of ingrained in them whatever the whoever they work for the mm-hmm. kind of culture, right? Right, right. And so that unconsciously those those uh, boundaries mm-hmm. kind of set in, right? True. So do you feel that the the students take more liberties outside of that boundary? Well, yeah, because they have not been molded yet. Right. But you know I don't want to discredit the professionals either because. Quite often, some great work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In fact, you know, amazing. So it's about a 50-50% ratio as sometimes the student wins, sometimes the uh, professional wins. But it's nice to see underdog win. Um, but yeah, um, the students are more are, are freer. Okay. But also, they're in this deep thing right now. The theoretically at university is uh, specifically College of Creative Studies. Um, the lecturers say by the end of the week you need 50 sketches. And that means you've got to pump out sketches, sketches. quick. And yeah. you know how students are. They leave it to the last day or so, so or the last couple of days. So they have to pump out these sketches quick. And, you know, actually, that's all on purpose because the, the lecturers want these students to pump out sketches quick. Mm-hmm. So they pump them out real quick. And so 
that might be even more practice than, than the professionals. I think the professionals have a little bit more leeway than, than the students. Sure, they might spend some time on it because they have to present it yeah, to somebody to, to, and, to, hey, this yeah. is my next idea or whatever. All, yeah, that kind of stuff. So, um, so yeah, they're, they're, the, the students are kind of tr seasoned at doing stuff quick mm -hmm. and being very free. Um, whereas the professionals are very doing very tight work, but very professional. So it's a very interesting uh, dichotomy there. Hmm. Yeah. So, so what are your next plans? I know uh, we talked a while ago, and you mentioned that you were planning on moving international within the next couple of years. Is that still yeah, in the works? Absolutely. Well, the thing is, we went to move to all of the major automotive shows in the world. You know, uh, well, obviously we already have the main ones, more or less. I mean, Chicago seems to be taking over Detroit. I it kind of is crazy. Yeah, 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 right. There's so, a lot more vehicle reveals than there used to be. Yeah, right. I feel like that could be a whole deep dive because something's going on with the there Detroit is. Well, 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 don't forget that, okay, we're a little bit diverging, but don't forget Detroit nearly converges with CES. Consumer yeah, electronics oh, yeah, show, yeah, and that's yeah, a huge yeah. clash. Yeah. You know, they're going to be launching cars over in Vegas, but next week they can't launch another car over yeah, in Detroit. And, well, and, yeah. and the Chicago market has historically been driven a little more towards trucks and things that uh, uh, larger vehicles, I guess. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see kind of Detroit diminishing and yeah. Chicago kind of like coming up. I, I see Chicago and CES kind of coming up at the same time, but Detroit kind of. Winning. Yeah, that's it's kind of sad. Like it, need, it needs a presence because I, it's Detroit, but I, I don't know that it's going to continue to be a large. I think there's a yeah. lot of things they could do to it too to fix it, but it's just yeah. not. They're not doing it for some reason. Well, that timing thing, right in the heart of the winter and stuff, it's yeah. harsh. Yeah. Um, but okay, so uh, we are expanding to. So we've done L.A., SEMA uh, in Vegas, Detroit. I mean, there's a couple of shows here we could do. I mean, New York and Chicago we're discussing, but no. Next thing is Europe and Asia, okay. and our next um, place is Beijing. Beijing Auto Show is coming oh, up in oh, April. Yeah, are, that's so you're, are you planning on going? Yeah. Well, no, not going. Yeah, 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 exactly. Going and doing sketch battles. Yeah, do you have a, uh, a location or anything? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, 27th of April is when it's going to be taking place, and location is to be announced. We've got a three different places that we're looking at, Okay. and so we just have to finalize that. And then once that's finalized, we're, we're going. Awesome. Um, we're doing this with the College of Creative Studies. So College okay. of Creative Studies is doing this with us and a company in China called Zach Design, who is a design company. Mm -hmm. So that's going off and um, yeah, we're just building up to that. So that's going to be a great um, step. You know, normally you would think about going from America to Europe to Asia, you know, in a in logical geographical way. But no, we're just jumping <laughs> over. Oh, no. Yeah, Europe's, as far as the automotive world's concerned, it's kind of, it's stagnant. It's it, it's a little bit. It's kind of staying there. Like, it's fine. It's still there. It's the old country. Yeah, it's, but it's old country. Asia's where it's at. You right. kind of jump in there early. Right. Mm -hmm. So, no, we're super excited. And I mean, this, that's where the, the Ranger Raptor's getting released is in Asia and Thailand. Is yeah. Oh, it really? First, yeah, that's the first country. Did, that's didn't they already be, release it? I think so, yeah. It's, Detroit. Well, no, the, the design's been released. Right. But Thailand is going to be the first country to get the vehicle. Oh, you're right. I did hear about that. It's only 270 horses. Yeah, but it's diesel. It's got like 374 pounds of torque. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I saw 2.2 liters. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> but, uh, 2.2 liter dirt diesel. Turbo yeah, yeah, diesel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, well, okay. I think, that's, yeah. uh, I think that covers everything. You guys got any other questions for Brooke? Uh -huh. I want to mention yeah. something about this. Are, are we running out of time? No, we've got plenty. No, no, I want to mention something about this. So these parties, okay, during the auto shows, all of these companies, all of these big OEs have these corporate parties, right? Okay. And they have these parties, and it's very closed door. It's very, you have to be in the industry. You have to be working at the OEs, especially this, these design parties. You, you, No outsiders are allowed. Right. And maybe even that goes sometimes as far as suppliers, right? So it gets boring and stiff yeah. because, you know, God, you're with these OE designers and, and corporate people all day, every day and during the auto show. Well, the sketch battle is different because it's open to the public. Right. We want local artists, we, we get local artists, local people to come in because, come on, we got to expose this world of design which is always done behind deep mm -hmm. secret doors. Yeah. A car design industry definitely is, is the strongest in this, but all design is deep secret, right? So Joe Public can't go into this stuff. Well, you, you this, don't see it. You don't see it, and you've got to have security passes to get through. And um, But this is open to the public, so it kind of opens the doors to... Back to my story about my mom finding that Jaguar job, it's, it's opening the door so parents can come in, bring in their kids, and so it exposes the, the, the realistic possibility of getting a job in the car design world. 
and in the design world in general. And it's not just some artsy-fartsy stuff, you know, a lot of parent, old school parents might say, oh, I don't want my kid to go to art school and stuff, blah, 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 because it's hard to make money that way. That's not true, because you can make mad bank if you work within the car industry and you're designing these cars oh, yeah, and stuff. Sure. And it's, it's, so it's, so this is open to the public and, and it's also very unstiff. Um, you, you, uh, we encourage, so we do it during the auto shows because that's the only time of year where Asia, uh, Asian designers, European and North American designers congregate. This is the only time of year they're in Detroit for like three or four days, and so we just grab them all, and, and, and that's what we do with all the auto shows. Mm -hmm. So we grab them all, and, and, and so they're at the auto show all day long. And, you know, kind of stiffed up, super stiffed up. They're, like, in front of cameras, and they, you know, so they're, they're so this is a chance for them to chill out, loosen up their tie, you know, let their hair hang down, as you might say, and just chill out and basically kind of get drunk. Yeah, because it started press week preview. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's press day. Right. It's, it's yeah. one of the press so, which, is, which is a very stiff period. It is, it is. Show. You know, everyone has to be super formal and all this stuff. So this is a chance for them to hang hang out and just chill out and, and, and see real Detroit. That's something yeah. else. I mean, this is specific to Detroit. Okay, we talk about the stiffness of the auto industry, and which is a shame, but it, it, unfortunately it is like that. So, you know, they hire the Marriott. They go to Roast, you know, one of the better restaurants. And, you know, they go to all of these nice restaurants and, and, and hotels and stuff. Fair enough. But, you know what? Dudes from Germany... Or, or, you know, especially Europe and Asia stuff, they don't want to go to this normal um, Marriott stuff. They want to see some deep, yeah, nasty Detroit. They want to see Detroit, yeah. to see Detroit right. you know? Yeah. And so, going yeah. yeah. So, you know, St. Andrew's Hall is where we had it last time, and that's where Eminem did his famous rap battle. It's mm. kind of seedy yeah. and under underground. People love that way more than going to some ritzy auto executive thing or some, like, top of the tower thing. I, th I think that's really cool, yeah, like having the kind of that underground feel you know, like the after party. Like I think it you is, mentioned it's that after party. Yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. I thought that was really cool. Absolutely, we keep it yeah. that way. We keep it all Detroit, Detroit mm -hmm. DJs. And you know, a lot of people, um, we play Detroit techno. A lot mm -hmm. of people are turned off. They're like, oh hell no, oh no, no, no. But once you get there, it's 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 not going to be in your face. It's mm -hmm. it is in your face a little, but it's just the background and you you socialize and stuff. Yeah, so you can't. It's not it's, it's not, not that obnoxious. It's, it's very easy to uh, to just hang out. Yeah, right, yeah. and it doesn't bother you so much so no. so yeah, I, I would arguably say Tom and I neither one of us are, are techno enthusiasts right uh, and I was not fine. turned off in the yeah. Last. No, yeah, yeah right right exactly so it's a, it's a formula of all of these certain elements and things that make it a success and that's why we're going to try to grow this all over the place well good best, oh, yeah. best of luck yeah thank yeah. you guys thank you yeah yeah it's going to be it's going to be exciting it's totally a new world if, if we can make it uh, do we have free passes oh absolutely absolutely completely you guys are always welcome awesome yeah, yeah. well let's buy some Beijing tickets man let's yeah, I, yeah. I think uh, I'm going to be in Columbia at that time but otherwise oh. I'd be all over it I'm, I'm going to be in Owasso yeah <laughs> world travelers over here yeah, no. yes, yeah. <laughs> so um yeah, so thanks, Brooke. Thanks for Yeah, yeah, my pleasure. I, I'm it's glad true. you asked me about it. It's um, our last segment is the Alcan 5000 update. Yep, the Alcan so, update. So, Tom, what uh, what do you know about the Alcan? I think you brought some parts for me today. Almost forgot, actually. Yeah, so, thank God I didn't forget. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, we've actually we've been doing episodes um, probably about once a month or so in like a middle episode in the, in the middle. Um, a shorter version and stuff and we haven't done we're a little bit behind because we basically been waiting on parts and stuff getting here so everything kind of is coming in all at once i would say yeah today, today like to we're going to be able to film an episode which yep, is good we're going to film an episode <laughs> and uh i think shortly here like this next month is going to be pretty cool because we're going to put stuff together yeah like, i should I or, i've ordered very very the, the, my bank account is very depleted yeah um, <laughs> i've probably ordered over three thousand dollars worth of parts in the last month Yep. And they should all be showing up here this week, hopefully. And you already um, have a bunch of stuff here already, so a bunch of stuff back from the powder coater. Yep. Um, axle, got, I've got some pieces. stuff to go back to the powder coater, which you just brought me. Oh, yeah, yep. the, the rear axle house. Oh, I didn't realize they were going to go powder coater. Um, yeah, they are. Oh, okay. I've got to clean them up, and then they're going powder coater. Gotcha. Um, I've been trying to source a set of 378 gears for the rear end mm -hmm. so that we can cruise on the highway at a decent mm -hmm. pace. Right now, I've got four 11s. You're talking about this one here. This the, 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 yeah, the way you're going to Alaska. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, uh, just, I know, so 370, I'm really curious to see what the top speed is because everybody that I've <laughs> talked to so far says that we're not going to hit 80, 75, 80 miles an hour. Oh, I thought it was 30. I was thinking 30. <laughs> <That's funny>. <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> the, the, the math tells me uh -huh. that with 
uh, with 378 gears, uh -huh. we can do 70 miles an hour right. in overdrive, which mm -hmm. that's the whole point of the Columbia rear end. Okay. So we can do 70 miles an hour in overdrive with 28.8 inch tires, which is what I have. Uh -huh. um, you did math? I did math. Oh, I did math. I did math. Is there a spreadsheet? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I'm not. I designed that one time. Remember when I did like compression ratios? I'm not oh right. Yeah. I'll get you. Yeah. Um, but that I was did, nice though. But I did some basic math. Yep. And it tells me that we should be able to do 70 miles an hour at like 21, 2200 RPM. Did somebody verify this math? I verified the math. What's the max rev on it? I mean, not max, but realistic. Uh, I mean, realistic. 2300. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, <laughs> red line all the way. <laughs> realistically, it's a flat. So realistically. Um, Peak power is going to be like four grand, forty two hundred, right? Because they don't they don't rev much more so, than that, and the yeah. compression ratio on these things is real is honestly like six and a half, seven to one. Mm -hmm. So it's not a very high compression motor. There's not mm -hmm. a lot of horsepower. They have decent torque. And um, all the torque is down at twenty two hundred RPMs. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. <laughs> like all of it? Yeah, mostly. Yeah. Sure. Okay. That should be that should be pretty much a sweet. And how, and how many foot pounds of torque do we need to go eighty miles an hour with this whole setup we'll with be, like we'll around three thousand pounds? Uh, we'll be fine. Okay. We'll be fine. So I've been told over and over. Uh, but 80, 80 miles an hour, and that's... Aerodynamically, aerodynamically, I'm like, oh my god. I, I, yeah. I have new springs that I just got from Eaton. Yep. Um, they're going to be featured in our video. We're going to take a field trip. All right. Uh, so I got it from Eaton Detroit Spring. We have new front and rear springs. The fronts are lowered one inch over stock. Um, and the rear tires are one inch over stock? Well, so the rear tires are what I decided I wanted to be. Oh, but but the they're, a, they're about one inch smaller than the rears. Yeah. So between the two, we should be raked just a little bit, about yeah. two inches, and it'll look good. Nice. The is going to look good. It's going to yeah. sit just right. Brooke knows a lot about how things should sit. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, I like it. I like that uh, look where it nose is down. Yeah, and stuff. just a little. Actually, yeah, we, should, yeah. we should have when it's done. We should have Brooke come and like. Oh, I draw that thing. Oh, yeah, actually, sure. draw or and I was going to say critique it. Yeah. No, no, no. I would love to draw that thing. Both. Yeah, right. That would yeah. be fun. As... Actually, you should look at it and then draw it how it should be. <laughs> and yeah, that would be interesting. Well, yeah. well, be interesting. I do have a spare cab that we can use for, you know, chopping the channel if we need to. Yeah. Well, we're not going to be extending the cab and stuff. I mean, <laughs> I, I would... We'd lower the roof line. Oh, yeah, now that'd be nice, because you probably got at least six inches, don't you? Oh, yeah, you? there's plenty. Yeah. There's probably a foot. This is oh, that yeah. yeah, so speaking yeah. of, um, the seats are in for upholstery. Mm -hmm. My nice. upholsterer is working on those. Uh, I'm I gave, curious what you decided on. I that. gave him color swatches, so, okay. we're gonna, so we've got to go look at those and order it. Leather? Or leather, definitely. Oh, you're going leather. Oh. And, uh, mm -hmm. and I just showed everyone here, uh, we have the heated seat pads mm -hmm. are in. Mm -hmm. So those are going to go to him, and he's going to do that. Um, well, what do you think of the integrated? I thought they were more like seat covers. No, they go under. They go in the seat, oh, so right, you'll never right. see them. Uh -huh. So it's going to be we're going to have custom leather upholstered seats uh -huh. with new padding and heated seats. That is super nice. And as soon as we cross that Arctic Circle border, I'm turning that on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Nope. Um, yeah, I've got the transmission apart, and the case is ready to go. For Which actually, I was going to ask about. Was there something you, need to, you said need to be replaced in the transmission or no? I've got a couple of parts that I okay. basically but overall looks pretty but good. But overall, it's good. Um, there was a lot of ice in there. Oh right, that's what. Oh, I, I saw something. So much ice. It looked like water as well. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's because some of it has started to melt, but it was so much ice. Um, which means it was water. But the, yeah, but that's... the gears, the gears look good though, which is odd. But the gears it's actually the look good. I checked them all out. It's the bearings. No, I've actually cleaned though. all the bearings, so I've I bought solvent. Okay. I, I'm doing my job here. Okay. <laughs> I bought solvent. I cleaned all the bearings, got rid of all the grease, checked them to make sure they spawned. There's no flat spots. They all look good. They're ready to go back together. And by checked them and flat spots and stuff, you mean you took them out, put your finger in it, went like this? Uh, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> that is actually the method. <laughs> as, as stated, I want to go on the record, as stated by the Federal Aviation Administration, because I learned how to check like, bearings by that doesn't, aircraft. Well, aviation levels are cool. pretty high, though. Yeah, but that doesn't make me feel better about flying. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's true. Actually, I'm scared. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, okay. But yeah, so so I'm going to send the case out for powder coating, um, along with some other miscellaneous parts. That all should come back, and I should be starting the assembly like next week. I'm excited about that's that. That's a fun part, isn't it? Yeah. 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 The, the and I'm also excited about too, the... Which I'm hoping that comes back soon. I'm excited really? about the testing portion after all these other things we've previously yeah. discussed. So we, that's, we, have, uh, we have a lot to go before testing. Hey, what are you doing with the frame, by the way? Are you powder coating it or yeah. painting it? Oh, actually, what would you... So, 
Previously, the plan. I, I, the plan was to rust oleum it. Yeah, Mike was gonna rust oleum it. Yeah, what's and, wrong uh, with that? That's what I yeah. said. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, we, I kind of, I don't know, I pushed he, him towards the. He and my neighbor with the Continentals. Yeah. Kind of talked me out of it, yeah. which created a lot of extra yeah. work because I had and, to and price as well. I would have thought. Oh yeah. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, since they're not paying for it, why don't you get it powder coated? Yeah. <laughs> Instead of thirty dollars on paint, you're going to spend a few hundred on powder coating. I think you're going to like it though. I think but, it's going to be worth. Well, it's going to look nice. But yeah. broke the uh, the determining factor was, I looked at it and I said, I'm going to have to sit here with a grinder and a wire reel for like a week to clean this whole thing, mm -hmm. so I can paint it with rust oleum. And I said, I'm just going to take it in and get a sandblasted. And while it's mm -hmm. there, they may as well powder coat it too. Right, no, fair so enough. That's, mm -hmm. that's where that decision came from. Yeah, okay, one stop shop, just, yeah. just hand just, it over. Just, just hand it load this yeah, up and yeah, get it done. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I, I, it's worth it. Yeah. Actually. And it's something like, you know, you do that once, like if you want to powder coat it later, then you have to take everything apart. Now it's just done. Yeah, so. But I did have to fabricate a new uh, steering box mount oh. because the old one was awful. It was canted a little bit. And mm -hmm. so I had to make a new one. So yeah, you created more work for the top. But Sorry, well, it's gonna come out great. I mean, yeah. was there any were there any issues with the frame, like rusted out? No, so it was or? it was actually it's actually a, a manufactured frame that's not from Ford originally. Uh -huh. So it's I don't know when it was produced, um, but it's a it's a new frame mm -hmm. that's boxed and everything right. with mostly original mounts. Mm -hmm. So uh, I shouldn't have any frames any mm -hmm. problems with it. There's no rust on it or anything like that. So it should be it should mm -hmm. be good to go. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really exciting. Yeah, I can't wait to see how you guys get through the northern northern territories. Is that the Canada? I'll, I'll show you the tires I got. In the yeah, car. I want to know. Yeah, those are the thin, those. like uh, less than six inch. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Yep. You don't have dualies on the back. Nope. Ooh, interesting. Though. Yeah. Mm. We might. Yeah, that might. That'd be interesting. Dually hubs. Mm. Mm. I don't have. It's not a heavy truck. It's. Uh, it's, so that, it's so, not for heavy, it's for traction. Well, no, but what, yeah. they, what they call a regular pickup was, oh. you know, a half ton pickup was just a truck. Right. And then. Uh, the one and a half tons were called heavies, right? right? And it's mm -hmm. the heavies were duallys, and I know where there is a thirty-five or thirty-six heavy in the Detroit metro area. Interesting. They want too much money for it, but I know where it is. Yeah, but maybe you can just take the hubs off. Yeah. yeah. Maybe... Or is it done? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's in a junkyard. Oh, okay. Cool. So well, that's that's all I got. What do you guys got? For Alcan update? Anything? Nothing. We're waiting on you, but. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, we're gonna be so we're gonna be doing uh, a video. We have some video stuff from before that I need to edit, um, and then yeah, actually that's pretty much it for this week yeah. as far as stuff that we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to say uh, for everybody online and for everybody that's watching whatever video we have of this, uh, thanks for tuning in and thank you, Brooke, for yes, coming and bringing beer. Thank you, guys. This was, uh, this was good. This was yeah. Good. Yeah. Thank you, guys, uh, for the car unfiltered. Uh, Talk and stuff. It's always fun. It's it's so casual, and we can just talk about anything. It's that's great. That's yeah. what we go for. Yeah, yeah. That's what we go for. Hey, can you invite me again? Because yeah. you know, let's, I'm going to continue. <laughs> <laughs> Come sure. back anytime. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Every weekend with beer. Perfect. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, this is basically how we do it normally. <laughs> just talk about this stuff. Cool. All right. Well, subscribe, like. All the stuff. All the things. CarsOnFilter.com. We got to stop because Daisy's biting me. She wants to go out. So okay. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> All right.